When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for the WNBA season to tip off, and I am so happy to be sitting courtside with my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. I am Christy Winter Scott, and this is Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. Oh my goodness, Gabe. It's it's time. It's time. Let's yep. play. Does it feel like it snuck up? I feel like we, all right, so we've been talking about this for months, at least weeks, months, and it kind yeah. of feels it kind of feels like the season snuck up on us because you know, had the college season. We we got to enjoy that. Now I've been deep in the NBA, watching you know, seeing what teams gonna miss to play in. Been deep into training camp, trying to figure out who's gonna make teams, which we still don't actually know. We don't. But the season starts in two days on Friday. I mean, it's just right in front of our faces like a mirror, and I love it. Yeah. I cannot wait. And the fact that the rosters aren't set yet is still so intriguing to me. And, you know, every time I see a, a media update, uh, you know, a roster update, I kind of cringe because I know how hard those young ladies have worked to stick to a roster. It's just so difficult. It's just so difficult to stick. And you just have to be that puzzle piece that fits what the team needs at that time. That does not classify the the quantitative mm-hmm. skill set that these young ladies have because clearly they are they are fantastic players and fantastic young women. It's just it's just not enough space on the bus to oh, get yeah. them a seat. Well, I mean, the, today's news. Um that Megan Gustafson was waived. Um, oh. She was waived a couple uh, a year ago. Was that a year? No, it was two years ago. Yeah, she was mm-hmm. waived two years ago by Dallas in training camp. 
She yeah. comes into this year. She has a is a new deal. She's one of the best players we've seen in college, and she didn't have a spot because there's just too much. There's too much talent in yeah. that Dallas in that Dallas uh, front court that they didn't have a spot for. And you, you hate it because that's a yeah. talented player. That's that's not going to be in our league. Um, but you, I you kind of understand it. Right? Yeah, I I mean understand. I guess I mean. Uh, it's just so hard. I mean, Megan Gustafson was the player of the year in college basketball her senior season when she took Iowa to the Elite Eight. And my gosh, man, I mean, if if she can get cut, none of us are safe. That's how I feel. <laughs> like that's how I feel. I mean, about the the roster spots and and that's I mean, I you know, it's not shady. Uh, that's not a shady comment by me about yeah. Dallas's decision on that. It's just difficult, like I said, to be able to carve your niche in this league and stick. You know, it's one thing to get drafted. It's another thing to get on the team for your rookie year. Like what you said, you know, she was released right before that rookie season started for her. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, they drew her back in. And, you know, uh, it's it's just difficult. I know mentally it's tough for her, but knowing Megan Gustafson, she will – uh, be okay and, and try to get herself back into the league. And, you know, she has a successful professional career overseas as many of these WNBA players do, but it's, it's just so hard to fathom that you could be the player of the year in the country, your senior year in college. And then, you know, a couple of years down the line, not be on the WNBA roster. Yeah. Well, and you look down, you look up and down this, I'm looking at the, the waivers on uh, across uh, the timeline. You look up and down this list, and there's a ton of great players here. I mean, Todd, uh, Tamara Young got waived by Seattle Storm. I saw that. And you know, I, yeah, to Ty, you know, Ty Young's a little bit up there. I mean, how old, she she's yeah, she's been in the league for a long time, but you know, you, you kind of mm-hmm. figured like she may have a spot there, and nope, she didn't make it. You you look up and down this list. I mean, yeah. there's players that were um, contributing last year. There's players that have contributed in the past. There's players yeah. that are really, really great college players. Um, and and they're all going by the wayside just because there's not enough roster spots in this league. It's something we've talked about. Um, mm-hmm. One person I want to mention, and I know you, you've probably ex- experienced uh, ha- talking to her, is Pre Stanley. Yeah. Uh, what energy that young woman brought to training camp. I haven't, we haven't had, I haven't had a chance to ask Coach Tebow about her. Um, mm-hmm. But I just thought she she brought such a spark and such great energy to the team and, and you know, really let her light shine. And I think that's it, it yeah. kills me to see her go. But at the same time, it, it there was no spot for her. So it's like I got to but we got to experience her. I think when this happens, Christy, mm-hmm. when you when a coach sees someone like a pre Stanley and I'm sure like a ton of these women who just got cut when you see a player come in and, and give it all and have a great attitude and, and show that they're willing to learn and grow, what does that show you uh, for future reference or even just about that player right then? Uh, that's what I was going to say. Trust and believe. Okay. There's not a roster spot right now for pre, but guess what? They're not going to forget about her mm-hmm. because of her staunch work ethic, her ability to be a great teammates and when she came into that Atlanta game that was here in DC the preseason game she came in and, and like in three or four minutes 
and was hitting every single shot she took and was all over the place defensively. She was like a gnat. And she was just just that energy giver that you want on your team. So I think the fact that she didn't make the roster is definitely unfortunate. But at the same time, we understand what what we're dealing with, with the roster spots not being as plentiful as they should be. And we get it. But trust and believe her name is written down Mm -hmm. on a piece of paper and coach and GM Mike Tebow's office. And if there are any changes as the season goes along, trust and believe they're going to tap that shoulder of pre and say, you know what? Come on back in the fold and we'll see uh, what it looks like now, like mid season or something, Mm -hmm. the trade deadline and all this. Okay. So let's just be patient and see what happens. And I don't know if they have told her as much, but a player like that, that's what I would say to her. You know, it's, it's not for right now, like the timing for you to be on the roster right now is not good, but Hey, if anything happens, you're going to be on that short list to give a call to and get you back in here. Yep. Well, and there's also the possibility um, that a lot of these players come back relatively quickly. Like we saw with Megan Gustafson, she was cut in training camp, came back. It was like two weeks. It wasn't, it wasn't that long in between when you get cut and brought back because there's going to be injuries. There's going to be players with visa issues. There's going to be players that, um, you know, have overseas commitments that they're still dealing with. Um, We should talk about some of them, but I think for the players that got cut, there's a chance you may be in another team like next week when a lot of these teams get their (laughs) temporary suspensions um, in, when when a lot of these teams get their um, hard, their temporary hardship exceptions granted, you may be on a 10 day in another city next week. Right. So the life of a women's basketball player is always being on (laughs) their toes for a lot of different reasons. And this is just another one of those in the WNBA. Yeah, no doubt. And you just have to stay ready. You know, there's not an opportunity for you to get ready. There's no time for that. You have to stay ready. So when your number is called or your name is is called on the phone, you've got to be ready to pack your stuff and get going. And last year we saw that happen down in in Bradenton, Florida, right? Mm -hmm. But they only had to go across the way, you know, across (laughs) the hall, you know, oh, this is the Connecticut team. Okay, let me go get my bag and then go across the hall. No, now you are flying somewhere, getting your stuff and and getting to a new city. So it's going to be a challenge, but you know, these young ladies welcome that and embrace challenges day in and day out. But yep. I just think the the stay ready mentality is, is something that I think women just have in them to begin with. And, you know, to add the competitive fire of a professional athlete behind that notion. I mean, that that's just what it is. And yeah. I love it. <laughs> no, and you, I, it's a stay ready. And that's uh, that's mm-hmm. difficult. That's difficult, both physically yeah. and mentally. I mean, it's a little bit easier right this year than it was last year, but yeah. still it's, it's not, it's not going to be a, a quick thing to keep yourself ready. And the people who can do that are the people who are going to be on, on rosters and maybe make an impression of maybe stay for the whole year. Yes. But uh, I think, you know, we do have to get into the injuries, which if there's anything worse than talking about people getting cut is talking about people getting injured. Um, and we have to start with Angel McCautry, uh, tore okay. her meniscus in a scrimmage, absolute worst thing you could see. And and this is something Coach Chibo talked about on media day that he was – this is the the only thing he did not want to see in training camp was someone go down 
with an injury. Um, yeah. These things happen. Happen. Unfortunately, it's basketball. You're never you're never quite safe. Um, yeah. But it, it, Angel's going to miss this season most likely. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen anything suggesting otherwise. So she's going to be out for the year, and. Right. Uh, I don't know. This puts a, a huge wrench into the Aces' plans. I'm not quite sure how they're going to be able to replace her. They can do um, different types of, of hardship requirements. Uh, they can't really suspend her since the injury happened in the WNBA. So right. how do you think this is going to affect their title odds? Oh, my goodness. First of all, how sick to my stomach was I mm. when I saw – uh, you know, that she had gone down in a heap and, and you know, was yelling. And uh, just to know the struggle that she had several seasons back with her ACL and, you know, to know that when you see someone go down like that, it's like, oh, my gosh. And you just hold your collective breath. Like maybe it's just because she's a little nervous about what happened before and she's checking over her body. And, and then to find out that it's actually the ACL and meniscus and everything. I, you know, I, I can't, first of all, I can't believe it. Um, and it was the opposite knee that she injured, injured mm-hmm. before, but for the aces, and what they were expected to do this season and still are expected to do, in, in my opinion, um, it really cripples that that three position, that three spot. That's what Bill Lambeer said was already uh, a spot that they were weak in. If, you, mm-hmm. if you're talking about depth and when you have a player like Angel McCautry, who's 35 years old, and in the last you know, handful of seasons has now suffered her second ACL on her opposite knee. Um, it's, it's just incredibly sad, number one. And to see Angel McCautry tweet something out and say, Lord, give me the mental strength. And that was the, oh, that was the sentence. That was the tweet. I, I just feel so badly for her in that way because I know how hard, I mean, she documented her recovery, her mm-hmm. rehab and the pain that that was all about. Um, just, I mean, post-surgery, but just trying to run again, trying to jump again, the, the lateral movement with bands. And, you know, she, I think she flashed back to that grind of getting her body back. And it, it's just so, it's so disheartening to say the least. And, you know, for the, the aces, I mean, I still think they're the top team in terms of um, being the team to beat this year. Mm-hmm. I, I am, a, you know, AP voter again this year for the WNBA and, and I had them as preseason number one. And I did that vote after the injury to McCautry. I still think they have enough. I mean, you're talking about Dierica Hamby, who can now slide in to that three position and and she's an incredible player. Mm -hmm. Um, But after that, that's the thing, like the depth in that three position now is, is now hampered. And that's going to be something obviously that we're going to be watching, watching for to see what, what comes of that and how they can kind of uh, step up in the gap for, for the absence of a player like Angel McCautry, a two-time Olympian. Yeah. I, it, it's it's heartbreaking, as you mentioned. I mean, there, there's no other way around it. Um, yeah. Oh, it, well, 
it, it, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, like you mentioned, Thank it is, God. it is really tough to um, put into words how it made you feel. It just, uh, it, it makes your heart sink, but um, for the aces, they don't have a choice. They have to, they have to move on and try to yeah. figure out how to plug that hole at the three. Um, it will be interesting to see how Bill Ambier handles it because Derek Hamby, he has been very staunch about keeping Derek Hamby on the bench for his entire time in Las Vegas. Yep. I don't disagree with the mentality. And also the issue is if you slot Hamby in at the three, your front court depth is really thin. You have right. Jesse Park, you have Emma Cannon at the moment. I'm checking the roster, see who else they have um, in that front court, but they don't, they don't have a lot of options back there. Right. And, and so you, obviously you have Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson and the right. great talent there yet. But I think you got, you kind of have to keep Hamby on the bench because if not, I don't know what you do with your backup four position. So right. my proposal <laughs> would be <laughs> you either slot in Raquana Williams or Jackie Young at the three. Both those players are, are guards. Um, however, Jackie did play some three last year. Right. I think you're never going to be able to replace Andrew McCautry. What she did last year as the efficiency she put up last year and and how well she fit this team was uh-huh. perfect. However, I think that's what Jack, Jackie Young's future is something like Angel McCautry in being a player that gets to the rim, uh, shoot, shoots from the mid range because she's not three point shooter. And she right. she came into the league as a as a point guard. I'm putting up air quotes, a point guard, right. but really you can play kind of a point guard position from the three now, right? You you can run pick and yeah. rolls. You can get to the rim. We saw Angel do that last year. So I think that actually doesn't, it, it it's not, it's not going to be perfect because you're missing one of the best players we've ever had in this league. Sure. Sure. But Jackie Young, if she can take a step forward in her game, she can slot in, especially defensively with this starting lineup. So that'd be my proposal. Put Jackie Young there. If you don't want to put Jackie Young there, you want to keep her on the, uh, on the bench. You can put uh, Raquana Williams there, but I, I do think they may end up being in the market for some of those players that we just talked about being waived uh, just because they're going to need some front court depth and they'll only have probably 10 players coming into the season. So they'll get, um, believe that that qualifies them for an ex- an exception. I would have to check with Richard Cohen, our, our, <laughs> our C- the CBA, the true CBA expert. Um, right. To, to tell me if that's right, but I think they'll qualify for an exception and they may be able to bring in, you know, a Sierra Burdick or even a Megan Gustafson. Um, I was going to say, right. She, they, they need front court up. So right. I think, I think that's where we're at. Do you, do you think Jackie Young could slot in at the three? I think so. I mean, whenever you can have an, another initiator on the perimeter, I think that's always a plus. Um, I think it's a bonus because of the way she can read the floor. I think it's also a bonus the way she can, um, you know, get to the rim. I mean, she's she's got that explosive first step. But when you're talking about a Raquana Williams, she's going to give you some boards, too, from that position. So I don't think you can go wrong with either one of them um, sliding there and, you know, having De'Arca Hamby on the inside as, as some depth there. But, you know, as soon as you were talking about that game, I was thinking, you know, is Megan Gustafson the answer for Vegas in terms of that? interior depth. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be mad at that. And Burdick too. I mean, with, with that being said, I, I just want, you know, I, I just want to give Angel McCautry all, all the, uh, the prayers uh, of healing and love because 
I know that's going to be tough, but I know, you know, her teammates are with her, the ACEs organization. They've, they've, you know, given her a ton of support um, with what she is, is going through with that. Um, so we'll see. I know last year, I mean, she was just that, that extra lift that, that the ACEs needed. Um, I mean, I know it was the second lowest point production for McCautry in, in her career last year, but she didn't really need to be that player. And I just thought that it was really intriguing to watch her in that kind of system where she wasn't dependent upon to be everything for the team. And she can just be herself and not have the stress of, well, I have to get, you know, 20 points a game. I have to do all these other things, but she came in and was a tremendous compliment to the team. So I think if, if for nothing else, they're, they're going to miss that kind of contribution. Um, someone who has that veteran leadership, someone who has won gold medals, someone who's been to the finals, you know, I, I just think that that kind of um, addition is, is tough to replicate, but obviously their, their hand is being forced because of the injury. But I just think that, you know, she was really, um, looking forward to this season to play with Cambage and, you know, to be on the court all together with, with Plum as well, being healthy this season and, and have all your ducks in a row. And then, you know, for, for her to be out, I know that's, that's incredibly frustrating, but, you know, hopefully she can come back and, and be stronger. She says she wants to come back and play. Like this isn't a career ending situation for her in her mind. And I love that. You know, and that's that's Angel McCautry. I mean, she's she's tough minded and she's not going to, uh, you know, call it a day because she has some adversity in front of her. She's going to plow through that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think she'll be back next year. Um, it's just it is really discouraging and heartbreaking. Um, but yeah. yeah, the aces still have a ton of talent, like you mentioned there. Like you said, they're, they're still a championship favorite. I'm not sure to have them as the championship favorites but that may be a discussion for a different day once we kind of see how something shake out because we're gonna be we're gonna we're gonna, it's gonna be a weird start to the season um you know there's been other injuries Jocelyn Willoughby going down for yeah. the New York Liberty and she was having a great year in Israel and she was one of their best players in training camp um and so she's out for the year um which right. is extremely extremely disappointing for the Liberty. She's young. She'll, and we've seen players come back from Achilles injuries uh, at her yeah. age. There's no reason to think that she won't be, she won't be back. Right. But it's, it's a heartbreaker for New York who has uh, big goals. And, and this is a team that's also dealing with, you know, uh, issues with players coming over late. I mean, Kia Stokes, Natasha Howard, Becca Allen. Yeah. We're not sure about any of their statuses right now. Uh, it seems like they'll miss some of the, the beginning of the season, but it's just, mm-hmm. It's just another thing with the injuries. I think we see more injuries in the WNBA than we do in the NBA in preseason just because of how short everything is. Yeah. Injuries, uh, visa issues, players coming home from overseas, like these are things that are specific to the WNBA. And it it just kind of – I want to get to the point where we're not – Players don't feel like they have to go overseas to play right. in the offseason. Not that right. they can't, but that they don't necessarily feel like they have to. Because I, I think, for example, Alicia Clark got injured overseas, and that's something we talked about already. But it's a killer. It's a killer yes. for her, and it's a killer Truly. for this team. Um, yeah. I think that that's all intertwined. So 
I don't know. We could talk about these uh, the potential visa issues. Let me see. I don't think there's a team in the league that's not going to have at least some sort of issues with um, visas or players coming in late. Maybe Atlanta, actually. Atlanta may. Oh, I think Tiffany Hayes might be coming a little late. Yeah, I know for Washington, I know Maisha Hines-Allen is still in the French League and, you know, still playing over there. So, you know, hopefully they can get everybody back. And it's, you know, with the Olympics taking away so, uh, several weeks in the middle yeah. of the season, it, it's just so hard. And, and it's it's going to be a little disjointed in that way. Um, but once things get back rolling, I, I don't think you're going to see the the – best of teams until after the Olympic break where they've had some time to gel and materialize their, their rosters and have everybody in, you know, and even if, you know, Maisha Hines Allen and all these other players, you know, Stokes and all these guys, when they get back into the flow, they're going to be hit with game after game, after game, every day. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have a ton of time for practices and getting that chemistry. And once you do feel like you're getting that, you have the Olympic break. And, you know, now you have to, you know, make sure that, that everybody stays sharp during that time as well. Give them some time to rest, yeah. but also use that time to to gain that chemistry and come back for that second half of the season and, and really be at your best. It is, in, it is interesting to think about how this season is going to work out because these first few games are going to be weird. Like I was just mentioning the visa issues, the injury issues for the Mystics. In particular, um, obviously, it's the team that we're closest to and the team that we cover. Um, right. But EDD probably is going to be on a minute. I mean, is she going to play in the first game? Do we know that yet? I am not 100% sure, but when asked in the when we asked Mike Tebow in the uh, Zoom calls, he has said that she probably will not be playing. Okay. But that's not etched in stone. So... We will see. But right now, you know, she didn't play in either of their preseason games against Atlanta or Minnesota, mm -hmm. but he was not um, very forthcoming direct yeah. with exactly <laughs> when. And it's and it's and it's, you know, and you, you don't know because it's it's just had two back surgeries since the championship season in mm -hmm. 2019. I mean, understand that. So, you know, they don't want to rush her back and she doesn't want to rush back. And I think it's it's really tough to to gauge. So I, I give him credit for that. I mean, he's not saying, hey, Elena, get out here. I know it's hurting you, but just play through it. Like, yeah. he's not he's not that guy. He has compassion and understanding and he's very smart that way. Um, but I think he wasn't necessarily not forthcoming, but I think he just doesn't know. Right. <laughs> I think he's just I mean, it's like it just depends on on what she's feeling like and you know there's just no absolute and i think it's, it's probably frustrating for him too because he would like an absolute so he could plan around that and plan you know the schemes with her on the floor so i'm sure he's like super frustrated um you know just waiting yeah but it's not an answer that he has i believe so i think he was like you know hey it's probably you know he's probably tired of answering <laughs> when she coming back and i get that but you know, I, I don't think that she will play, um, but that's just my my take on on the information that's been given. So, well, we can pretty much say that about a lot of players. There are a lot of players in this league right now that we're just like, I'm not sure they're going to be here. I'm not sure they're going to be here for for the beginning of the season. Um, and that I mean, all the players I just mentioned. 
Um, there's there's a number of players going through visa issues. I just saw Dorothy Gentry tweet out that Awakuyir is is oh. applying for her visa, and it's taken longer than expected. So oh boy. they're not sure how long it's going to take for her to get to the team. Um, and Satu Sabali is going to be on temporary suspension to begin the season because she's still playing in Europe. And then they, she has the three on three tournament, uh, three on three qualifiers for the Olympics with Germany. So she's not oh. going to be here to start the year. And then you go, I think, like I mentioned, I'm pretty sure every single team has these issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I think it is going to be a bit disjointed. I think that, that was, um, that that's true. What you said, it's going to be a little bit disjointed to start the year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which teams can weather that storm at the yes. beginning because you can Absolutely. get you can get down on yourself and mm-hmm. and it and it and it, it it gets in your head when you start losing. I mean, this is something that happened to the Mystics last year. Um, right. They had what an, like a nine game losing streak, a long losing streak in the middle of the year. In the middle, yeah, and it just kind of felt like. Everything was it, it was it was like digging in quicksand. Like you you dig and you keep going down. You keep going down. You're wondering why is this happening? Well, if you're at the beginning of the year and you're missing some of your best players, you get down a hole really early, and it'll take a lot of mental strength to pull you back into understanding. Like that's not the team we are. This is the team we are. And who are we exactly. going to be going forward? And I think that's the Olympic break is going to play a little bit of a role in that. I, yeah. I think getting a little break. Um, for the players who are in the Olympics and for the players who are, are in the Olympics. Yeah. Assuming the Olympics still happen. Um, <sighs> it's just dicey, isn't it? We just don't know what's going on. I... This year's better than last year in terms yeah. of uncertainty, but there's a lot. There's just a lot of stuff. And it, and it is, it, it, as a WNBA fan, I feel not angry, just exasperated. Do you, do you feel that same way? I'm just like, I I just want to be simple. Like we show up, the players are there, they're getting paid. Well, people stay healthy and and then people get to rest and we get the great quality basketball, but it seems like, you know, do you feel exasperated in that same way? I do. And and it's almost like, you know, there are no absolutes. And I think if anything from 2020 and so far here in 2021, mm-hmm. I just feel like there are no absolutes. And, you know, you're just like waiting to see what happens more so than knowing what to expect. And I think that that causes a lot of angst and, and anxiety when, uh, you know, you want things to look a certain way. And there are so many variables and so many things to consider and, you know, there's just no absolute. So whenever the opening game, uh, the opening night is for that, you know, the Olympic Games and the opening ceremony and, and all that stuff, I, I'll be happy then. But yeah. until then, I'm going to be tight roping mentally on what that's really going to look like, because I don't know uh, today what that will look and feel like. So we just wait and see. That's that's you know what everybody's just doing these days is waiting and seeing. What it, what it's gonna what it's gonna be? Uh, it looks like it looks like the Olympics are gonna go forward because it's too late to cancel. Honestly, like that's where <laughs> we're at. It's like okay, we we have to we have to do it. Um, right. And and so that'll be that'll be what's happening. I don't know. Whatever. Oh oh oh. One thing we have to talk about. I want to get into, into the games, but one thing I forgot to talk about. Yeah. Gabby Williams got traded to. The uh, Los Angeles Sparks. Yeah. Let me 
I'm going to pull up the trade. Okay, so it was Stephanie Watts, and I have never learned how to pronounce this young woman's name, and I'm sorry, Leona uh, Fibich. I don't know. I'm sorry for her. Whatever. Um, Stephanie Watts was the first over, was a 10th overall pick in this year's draft. Gabby Williams obviously was the number three pick a couple years ago, not that long ago. Um, but she was uh, suspended for the season because right. she was going to have various um, commitments to her national team and the French right. national team. Yeah. Um, and with the Eurobasket, with the Olympics, um, it seems unclear how the team and Gabby had set up a way to handle it. Kind of seemed like she wanted the temporary suspension so she could come back later in the year. It kind of seemed like the team was saying, well, you got to be in camp um, to get that. And there's some sort of miscommunication between the team and her, and she got suspended for the full season. So regardless of the trade, Gabby Williams is not playing in the WNBA this year. It's a shame. Um, But I think LA made a great move here because they're going to sign Gabby Williams to uh, to an an exception, um, to an extension, excuse me, to an extension. uh, And they're going to have her around. And I think she, I mean, Gabby has, just as much potential as anybody in this league, especially to be someone like a, a kind of little Candace Parker who yeah. played for the Los Angeles Sparks. See? So it's kind of um, a, a little bit of trading places with a player that I think could fill in that hole that the Sparks have long-term due to Candace leaving. Uh, but what'd you think about the whole Gabby Williams situation, which was confusing to say the least. Yes. I, I think with, with Gabby Williams, I think initially when Chicago said, okay, we're suspending her for the year, uh, you know, I was reading some of the comments by a lot of the fans like, no, like what's happening. She's so great for us. Why are they suspending her? And then yes, the, they factored in that her national team uh, responsibilities were going to keep her from, from competing in the WNBA. Okay. So then, you know, you kind of reason that out and, yeah, that's disappointing, but I understand why. And then mm-hmm. a couple of days later, the LA Sparks are signing Gabby Williams. So I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, wait, 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 wait. How does that even happen? Uh, you know, contractually. So that's that was my confusion initially. Like, how do you just swap out like that? Uh, you know, uh, she's suspended, so she's automatically a, a free agent. Like, how does that work? Uh, anyway, so that was my that was my question to myself, um, and I tried to figure that out. Oh, I can answer. I, think, I, I can tell you if you want. Me oh, to. talk to me. Talk to oh, me. Oh yeah, she. So she's still in the contract. She's just suspended. So, um, th- for example, Alicia Clark in a similar situation. Alicia Clark suspended okay. for a full season because she got injured in Europe. Um, so she's neither of these players are going to get paid this year, but they're still in the contract because their contract still runs. So for example, Lish Clark had a two year contract. This so now this year will count, just she won't get paid her salary. So next year she still has a contract. Gabby Williams, uh I want to say she was in the last um, well she must be in the last year. Yeah, she's in the last year of her okay. rookie deal. Um so she her contract is still active. Uh-huh. The, um the thing that happens though is because she's going to be out of a contract uh, at the end of this year, she would be a restricted free agent for the Los there Angeles Sparks. Okay, that's what I was thinking. But okay, they're gonna they're gonna fix that by signing her to an extension. Um, 
So she'll be she'll be uh, a actually she'll be a suspended contract expired player, which means she can only negotiate with LA, but they're gonna work out an extension to have her there long term. So that's uh, how that all works out. I appreciate that. You know, I was thinking it was something along those lines, but you with your um with your lawyer background clarified that yes. very nicely for me and everyone else on this podcast here. So I appreciate you, Gabe, on that. Very, very concise, very concise and excellent. Um, so yeah, okay. So that's what I was trying to figure out how the money was moving around. And for them not to be paid it is like that's that's sad. But you know, if there's a way to to get her in LA, like you said, I think that's that's a gem of a move. Mm-hmm. That's a gem of a move by LA. And for Gabby Williams to, you know, still be on the young side, even after missing this season, I think. You know, she's still going to be a, a an invaluable piece for them moving forward, for sure. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and then on the Chicago side of things, it it, uh, it makes sense because you need they need their players like they they can't really um, have someone hanging out to say right. to, to so speak, because they have injury concerns yeah. with Azra and Diamond. Um who I think they're both going to be ready for the, for the beginning of the season. And, you know, they, their team's a little bit older and they're ready to win a championship is the bigger issue. So they, they're going to, they're going for a championship this year. They don't have time to really um, wait around for someone. So it, it will see, it will see, we'll see how this works out for them. I think the value of the trade doesn't make sense, but I also think yeah. you had a, what I like to call distressed asset, someone who didn't want to be there. She didn't want to be there anymore. Gabby, once you fully suspend someone when they're not expecting it, they're not going to want to be there anymore. So they had, they had to uh, extricate themselves from that relationship for both parties sake. And they did that. And I think, you know, Stephanie Watts, I'm not going to sit here and profess to know a ton about what her games, how her games going to translate to the WNBA, but she's first round pick. And she's at least there's two teams that have uh, valued her, um, here in, as a first round pick, and she may be able to contribute uh, this season to Chicago. By the way, I also got some news news uh, news alert. Do-do-do-do, news alert. Uh, the Mystic the Mystic suspended the contract of Mike Hines Allen temporarily, so that frees up a roster spot. To yes, this is not the same situation. But I was about to say, wait a minute. Okay, no, so they suspended it. her temporarily until she's done with her French season. Uh, I think there's some sort of quarantine period i'm not entirely sure what our COVID protocols are but she'll be she'll miss the at least first game probably first couple games right the mystics and they'll have that they'll free up that um roster spot but not the salary but the the salaries are it it's weird with the mystics for a number of different reasons so if i should say my shine's out not going to be here um but it does open up a roster spot for someone on this mystics um roster so there's that. So yay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, they have to do what they have to do, uh, you know, to, to start the season out in a strong manner. I'm telling you that that first little half of the season is going to go by so quickly. And if they don't have their, their players playing and mm-hmm. playing well, it's going to be a rough start. So yeah, that's a smart move for the mystics and they, they've got to do what they have to do. Well, I think that's, that's all of the transactions that I wanted to get into. Uh, you know, just a light day of massive <laughs> movement in the WNBA. And uh, yeah, so that that's where we're at. 
Uh, do you want to talk about the opening weekend? Because it's going to be fun starting Friday. I do. And I'll tell you what, just to, to start that off, that conversation off, I am so excited that I'm going to be on the Twitter game on Friday night at 730 Eastern time. So get on there. It's going to be Connecticut and Atlanta, and it's going to be a ton of fun. So uh, that's going to be streaming live on Twitter for the WNBA. And it's going to be a lot of fun to to get things going. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm excited for this because I didn't realize that was going to be you. I always see the games on Twitter. I'm like, oh, who's it going to be? And, it's, and of course, uh, the wonderful Christy Winter Scott's going to be on it. Because um, you're not doing the Saturday game because that's on ABC, right? No, unfortunately. And that's the the Chicago-Washington mm-hmm. game on, on Saturday, the opening game. Um, the season ticket holders will be in ESA. It's going to be so much fun to uh, have the fans back downtown D.C. And you know, just to get things going. I think they've been chomping at the bit to just not only see the team, but to just see each other, you mm-hmm. know, the fans have such a tight bond. Like you don't even understand, like they're like the, the sisterhood and brotherhood of the, the Washington mystics fans is unmatched. I, I, I mean, and I know every city can say that, but you love that too. And so it's no slight, but there's something special about, about the Washington mystics fans and, the tears that they shed with so much joy um, when the championship banner and, and everything was, was earned by the mystics. So that's going to be, that's going to be a great game. You can get single, single game tickets, by the way, I actually bought some for uh, uh, the Mercury game because they're very limited media spots. And I want to take um, my wife, but I'm selling those tickets. Cause then I realized like we had, we had a different thing going on that night. And so anybody needs tickets to the parking pass, let me know. I'll, I'll shoot them your way. That's neither here nor there. You can buy tickets to the Mystics games. <laughs> Most teams will have uh, tickets available for uh, non-season ticket holders. And obviously the season ticket holders will be in the stadium. Yeah. And it's nice just to be back home. Just, it just a really, really nice to have games that we can go to. I went to a heat game. Um, when I was on vacation, um, and it was it was really great. The, the protocols were strong. You had to keep the mask on. There's people making sure you had your mask on, socially distanced. So um, I think it was a safe environment, and obviously getting back in the stadium is huge. Um, yeah. I see of, you have your Miami Heat um, shirt oh, on. Yeah. That's pretty jazzy there. Oh, yeah. This is this is a knockoff heat heat shirt. It's it's nice. I, I never know. <laughs> we uh, we need we need uh, the, the heat are the we need a whole different podcast to talk about what's happening with the heat. <laughs> and that's not the point of this podcast. Um, but I did want to start. I did want to start with um, basketball in Barclay Center, WNBA basketball, finally in Barclay Center. We were supposed to yeah. start with the Liberty in Barclays in Brooklyn last year. They're finally going to start this year. Uh, it kind of feels like the Liberty and Fever play each other. It's been what? This is the third year in a row that the Liberty and Fever opened yeah. the season against each other. <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah. all three, the last two games were awesome. So this okay. year, this year's game should be awesome. What's what's one thing you're really excited to watch in this game between the Fever and Liberty at 7 p.m. on NBA TV? First of all, Sabrina Unescu. Mm-hmm. She only played two and a half games last year. The highly touted rookie from Oregon. And I, I just want to see her play. I want to see her stay healthy. I want to see her develop in this WNBA atmosphere. Uh, you know, she's just an incredible force 
in all ways. Um, mm-hmm. So much balance to her game. And they're a super young team. So I just want to see how she acclimates herself or reacclimates herself to the pro level of basketball. So that's, I'm definitely going to have my eyes on her. But, you know, Kelsey Mitchell on the other side, you know, for the fever, I, I love her and always loved her game at Ohio State. And, you know, now she, she has some years under her belt. And I just want to see what that confidence looks like because of that experience. So that game is going to be very intriguing in a lot of ways. Yeah, I'm excited for, uh, I'm actually excited for the, the fever. I'm excited to see this team because yeah. the Liberty, like I mentioned, I'm not sure who's going to be there. Obviously, Sabrina's going to be there, which is going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, I, I don't think we're going to get a great view as to what this team's going to look like for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fever, I don't know. They, they could have something cooking this year. They could be one of these teams. Someone's going to squirrel their way in, right? Someone's going to squirrel yeah. their way in from the lottery last year into the playoffs this year just because it's going to be – a weird season with because of all the things we mentioned at the top of this podcast. So I think the fever have a chance here to kind of show like, well, we're ready to go. Uh, I'm not sure. We haven't heard much about Julie Alamond. Um, but outside of that, they pretty much have everyone around. Mm. So I think, you know, Kelsey Mitchell quietly last year had a great season. She did. And nobody talked about it enough. I, I just think, you know, she's just steady. And I think that she has really improved and that's saying a lot because she was like, you know, one of the top three scorers ever in women's college basketball mm-hmm. and, you know, one of the top three, I, that's just amazing to me. But I just think for, uh, for her to continue to mature and, and gain that level of, of expertise is just, uh, it's been fun to watch, watch her evolve. Well, she, she had her best uh, shooting season from both uh, a field goal percentage perspective and three point percentage perspective uh, and free throw percentage perspective. So she, she, her efficiency went way up. Um, I'm excited to see what happens for her in year four um, because to me, to me, and I, I don't know how the fever feel about this, but that's the person you're going to build this franchise around. And I love right. Terry Cowan. I think Lauren Cox has a lot of potential, which we did not get to see last year because right. of, of a bunch of different reasons. But I just think like Kelsey Mitchell is the one you're building around. So you got to figure out this year how much, how you can build around her and who fits around her and try to get some more um, chemistry between her and the bigs. And so it'll be an interesting test right off the top with the fever and, and, and to see where they're at. Um, And maybe it's like, is Kaiser Gondrasic going to start? I don't know. Is Daniel like, I'm not sure what they're, what the, what it's going to look like here. Um, right. So I'm, I'm really, really interested in where we are with the Indiana fever, um, despite them being kind of lower on the totem pole for a lot of people. Right. And I, I love Kaiser Gondrasic. I, you know, when she started at Michigan and ended up at West Virginia and no one saw her coming out of the, out of the smoke, if you will, mm-hmm. in that first round in the draft and boom, there she is. So I, I'm just really anxious to, to see her. I saw her first bucket. I saw that little clip was on Twitter and uh, she had a, a steal and a finish. I, I'm just really excited about her upside. I think that she's going to be a, a tremendous player in the league. She's a hard worker and that's what Marianne Stanley is all about. Mm-hmm. You know, put your put your shoulders down and and grind it out. Um, I think that's what Kaiser will do, and that's why she selected her in that first round. 
Yeah. No, I think uh, I, I think it will be interesting to see if she's just kind of thrown into the fire or they're going to take him slower. Um, obviously, Daniel Robinson's the vet on this team. I think she'll she'll get a chance to to be the starter, but right, we'll figure it out. Uh, let's move on to the Sun and the Dream, just because we got <laughs> this is the game that you are doing. Yes. Uh, my question here is: Do you think the Dream are going to surprise people? Because it's been a it's been a mess. I'll say it. it's been a mess. It's been an absolute mess this offseason with uh, yeah. the team president getting fired, new ownership, uh, yeah. Nikki Collin leaving 11 days before the season, the Baylor. We have an interim coach. We have two assistants hired this week. We have brand new faces. We, we, you know, we have a lot of stuff. It's a mess. It yeah. kind of feels, though, like this team can handle mess. Right. This team just kind of feels like, okay, let's just roll out the balls and we'll figure it out. Do you think the dream can surprise people this year? I think so. I mean, I saw them in person, you know, and they came in to DC for the preseason game and they have a lot of grit Mm -hmm. and, you know, Ari McDonald is on this team. They fiery rookie out of Arizona, number three overall pick in the in the draft this year and and yes the Nikki Collin to Baylor story was quite a shocker in terms of the timing of it uh, right in the middle of the training camp but Mike Peterson you know he was coaching at at Wake Forest for a time and then um, went to North Texas was coaching there before coming to the WNBA and he is the interim coach of this Mm -hmm. team but my girls I'm so excited for (laughs) Lakeisha Frett and Dania LaForce Mann, I, I'm so excited for them. You know, Terrence Mann is is Dania's son in place for the Clippers. And, okay. um, you know, I know both of them, you know, just through hoops. And I'm just so excited that, that they've landed there and they're going to do great things for these young women uh, in uniform. And also the broadcast team, there was some news about broadcasting down there in Atlanta. And my girls are going to be there where my girls at. They're going to be in the (laughs) ATL. It's, uh, you know, LaChina Robinson, Angel Gray, Autumn Johnson, and Tabitha Turner, you know, an all African-American broadcast team for the first time in Atlanta. Although in D.C., you know, it's our third third year. Um, But it's it's just fantastic. And, you know, I just, you know, LaChina is back there now and, and Angel as well. They've they've done that in the past. But now that they're all back together as a team, I think that's going to be um, so much fun also just to have that kind of representation in the ATL for those young babies who are watching the 10, 11, 12 year old little girls who are watching that and and giving them hope for whatever they want to do, whether it's broadcasting, playing basketball or doing whatever they want. I just to just to see them in those kind of leadership roles, I think is really important, but that game is going to be fantastic. I know Connecticut you know, without the services and we were talking injury earlier, mm-hmm. but, you know, with Alyssa Thomas being out, uh, I think that's going to be oh. um, obviously a challenge. But, you know, having Duana Bonner on the floor is is always a great thing. But when you have the um, Maryland North is what people are calling that team. I mean, so many Terps on that squad with Brianna Jones and her sister, Stephanie Jones, and then you know, obviously Kyla Charles and, you know, it's just, it's going to be a fun team to watch. And I'm really anxious to see 
what that's going to look like. And then, of course, for Atlanta, Shatori Walker-Kimbrough and Tiana Hawkins are on that team. So it's going to be kind of, I know a lot of Maryland people are going to be watching that game well, on Twitter. <laughs> well, it's also great that you are on the call. For the, oh, they're not worried about me. They're, for the Maryland, for the Maryland game, uh, the the non Mystics Maryland game for local <laughs> of a local interest. Also, uh, n- right. news now: uh, in the Indian favor, we'll have waived Kathleen Doyle and Unique Thompson, um, which is disappointing. Bad day for the state of Iowa. The state Shoot. of Iowa. Ah. They were already mad, and now they're going to be f- furious. Which. Ah. I think you you understand, uh, but okay. So that happens. Uh, moving on in in the rest for the well, I did want to say something about um, Connecticut. Yeah, don't count this team out. Don't count this team out, guys. Don't do that because yeah. yes, unless Thomas can be out for the year, sure. Um, that don't count this team out. That's all I'm saying. Like John Cole Jones is on this team. She was an MVP candidate two years ago. Uh, they, the year before last, excuse me. Duan yeah. Barnes on the team. It, Jasmine Thompson doesn't seem brand January doesn't seem like they're going to be just fine. They're going to be in the playoff race. They're going to surprise. They're going to quote unquote surprise people. We're going to be disrespected because people didn't say that they were going to be as good as they are. They, it happens every year. The team is yeah. the same. They're going to get far into, they're going to get deep into the playoffs again. That's just what I'm going to say. Don't cut them out. Uh, yeah, let's, you can. let's move to Phoenix and Minnesota. Um, which is used to be a rivalry. The faces have changed. We'll see how much of a rivalry it still is. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, these two teams are really exciting too. Uh, Cause I think you have a team in Phoenix who we had, we just got a little taste of what they could do last year before Bria Hartley went down. Right. Um, and they looked good. They looked really yeah. good. Bria Hartley proved that what, what she can do on the floor as a, um, she was a primary ball handler in this backup units also was a huge part of their front court units. Now you add Kia nurse to the mix. Now you add Megan Walker to the mix. You have a team that's more filled out than they were last year. And last year they looked really impressive when they were right. healthy and Brittany Griner was there. So that it'll be, it'll be uh, crucial to see how they open up the season and, and what they're, plans are because it, this is just a it, it's another team that yeah we got to see a little bit we got to see a little taste of it but this player yes. can really get to play a lot together um so i mean i'm really interested in phoenix and then you look at minnesota minnesota pretty much has a, a brand new team uh kayla mcbride ariel powers are, are gonna be from what i can deduce they're gonna be playing uh we have nalia chanwa on this team now and you're adding it to a team that made it to the semifinals last year yeah they got swept but right. they made it to the semifinals so uh, that's gonna be a, a really really interesting game um let's make a prediction on this one it's on cbs sports network at 9 p.m who you got oh man i i like minnesota a lot i like them a lot and like you said they they had a great run last year but i just think you know they have Kayla McBride, like you said, in the in there now, just under 13 points a game. And then Ariel Powers from Washington. I mean, that's 16 points a game right there um, that she averaged last year. So I just think that when you have um, a Crystal Dangerfield out there who is chomping at the bit to continue to improve, I mean, she was a rookie of the year. And I, I, I just love what Cheryl Reeve is, is always able to do with what she's presented in terms of her roster and the skill set and the players around her. And 
can Sylvia Fowles make a splash? What's she going to look like on the floor? So I think it's so intriguing. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Minnesota in that one. Um, I, I just think that they have um, a lot to prove and a lot to continue to, to grow on. And, you know, I said I was a voter, right? So, I mean, they're in my top <laughs> four. They're in my top four in the preseason. And that's, that's saying a lot. I mean, I, I think they have what it takes to make some serious noise this season early on. Yeah. And late too, and late too now, you know, but early on, I think people are going to be like, oh, look at this Minnesota team. I, I think that's going to be a, a consensus observation by a lot of fans and a lot of people watching these games, but I, I'm going with, I'm going with Minnesota. Uh, well, it seems like Nafisa Collier is not going to be there because she's on the same team as my shines out. Right. So she may not be in the, God, this is so confusing. Um, <laughs> I did whatever yeah, I, I'm going with, I'm going with Phoenix just cause I want to bet on Diana's Rossi. And uh, yeah, I just think they, they have more continuity and continuity as you pointed out all of last year, continuity is, um, is it going to be huge uh, coming right. into the beginning of the season? I think later in the year, it'll, it'll just depend on who's playing hot and who's, who's healthy, but beginning of the year, I think continuity is going to be a big uh, factor into who's winning games. Um, Dallas and LA is at 10 PM on Facebook. Uh, Oh, it's on Facebook. Okay. Whatever. It's not in Staples center. It's in the convention center. Oh, I should mention too, the Atlanta games happening in their new stadium, the gateway center at college park, which is yes. exciting. Exciting. Another, another, uh, it's going to be a small stadium, kind of like, it, uh, the entertainment sports arena is, and we've been there. I think it's a great atmosphere when you have a small stadium and people are kind of packed in there. Um, yeah. Dallas, LA, God, this is another tough one because I just don't know who's playing. Um, I, I don't know who's playing for Dallas. I think L.A., though, and they're they're kind of a sleeping giant here. I mean, yes, they lost Candace Parker. They lost Chelsea Gray. You're not going to be able to replace that. But, I mean, they have Chrissy Tolliver. They have Neka Agumike. Right. They have Chane right. Agumike. They have, they have plenty of depth. They have players all over the court um, that can that – can, do stuff and they're hoping Brittany Sykes develops a little bit more and builds on what she did last year. So it could be the start of a special season with uh, LA if they're able to um, figure out how to play with each other quickly. And I think you have, when you have veterans like this, I'd rather have a team that's kind of new and more veteran like Minnesota and LA both have um, to, to be in this season where you're going to be having to manage a lot of um, different situations. Right. I just think when you have um, the Agumakes on the floor, I think that that kind of solves a lot of issues that you may have. And Christy Tolliver, you know, she didn't play last year, but she has championship acumen. I mean, she's an NBA coach as well. I just think that when you combine all of those pieces together and, and allow for chemistry to, to um, I guess, evolve over the, over the season, I think that's going to going to bode well for LA, but I just think when you um, when you have the expectations as well, I think that's going to give them the extra firepower because no one's really talking about them because they've lost Parker and and Gray, but you know they still have viable pieces there. They can still get some things done, and I, I think that's going to be a great game to watch as well. And and I love that. There are so many different ways to watch the games yeah. this year. I love that it's on Facebook. 
And I love that, you know, people are going to get a chance to just click and, and watch, you know, and, and not just talk about what happened in the aftermath of the game and, and just be able to to see these great players play. Yeah, that actually reminds me of the other. I need to buy an Apple TV because that's the easiest way for me to watch this stuff. Yeah, figure out got, people at home. Figure out how you're going to watch these games because this right. isn't as easy as just like okay, we're going to turn on the TV as the kitty makes an appearance. I know I had to grab him because he was making noise, so I had to pick him up. Dewey's all over the place. Dewey, Dewey wanted to be on the podcast, so welcome to the podcast, Dewey. Um, so yeah, figure out how you're going to watch these games because one of them's on NBA TV. Obviously, Twitter. Uh, as we mentioned, Christy's going to be on that game for Sun Dream, CBS Sports Network at 9 p.m., Facebook at 10.30 p.m. Uh, it's, it, you got to have to manage a bunch of stuff. <laughs> but, like, pick pick one that you can definitely watch. and Just watch that one first, and then you figure out the rest. Saturday's right. easy, though. Saturday, you just turn on ABC. It's going <laughs> to be uh, WNBA from 1 until about 5 because we got the Chicago Sky and Washington Mystics first up and then a matchup of last year's finals, the Aces and the Storm in, uh, in I shouldn't say Washington, because that's going to be confusing, <laughs> in the state of Washington, Everett, Washington. Washington. Hey, Washington. There you go. Because <laughs> uh, it's not necessarily in Seattle. But Sky Mystics, um, we mentioned all of the potential hurdles for both these teams as as who who's missing, who's around. We know at least one person's around, and that's Candace Parker. Yes, it's exciting to think about her on a different team. It's exciting to think about her on this particular group. What's the dynamic you're most looking for early on to see to see where she's at with Chicago Sky? I want to see if uh, if Stevens brings that doll that she made of Candace Parker. <laughs> I saw that. Sixth grade. If that's going to be a companion for her on the road, that's what I want. No, I thought that was so great. Um, and we said, poor, poor Candace Parker. Stop making her feel old. She already is on a TV show <laughs> with old Shaq and old D Wade. That's and, right. you know, they're old. They're retired. Candace just won defensive player of the year. Like, let's right. stop. Let's stop making, stop making Candace Parker feel old. She is young. She regardless is. of what, uh, how many middle school projects her teammates did of her. <laughs> I thought that was the cutest thing I've seen yet. And the fact that they're teammates, it, it just, it, it's blown both of their minds, which is awesome. But in, in Shaq and, and D Wade's defense, they, they give her her roses on a daily. They respect her. And I love that Candace stands up for herself on that show. Anyway, um, with that being said, um, that, that game is going to be fantastic. And what I'm looking for, from Candace is that leadership. I mean, she just has such a level of calmness about her game. Um, while she's definitely a passionate player, when I say calmness, I mean, she knows what she wants the team to look like, and she knows how to explain it. She knows how to display it and, and use her actions as examples. I, I, I love that you know, she is um, a, a champion, a, an Olympian, uh, you know, all of these great things, a, a great mom and, you know, broadcast. She wears so many hats, but she wears them well, but she wears them all in the same way. She wears them all with passion. She wears them all with integrity and she wears them all with, with a tremendous amount of, of just respect. You know, yep. she knows, she knows who she is and she knows the example that she's setting not just for her teammates now in Chicago, but for her daughter, 
You know, she she is paving the way for so many young women and she doesn't even know. And she didn't even know that that Stevens had that project on her in, in middle school. And now she's teammates with her. Those are the stories that that I love. And those are the things that, you know, the underbelly, like the real people who are behind these uniforms and, and these faces, like, what are they all about? And Candace Parker, she's about that life. And when I yeah. say that, she's about the love of life. She's about, you know, the team and, you know, wanting to win and, and grit it out. And the fact that she had the wherewithal to go back home to Chicago to play. Um, when I was one, I told you on here, I don't think she's going to leave LA to go back to Chicago, but I wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, I wasn't necessarily surprised, but I, I, I did think that she would stay in LA, but give her credit following her heart and, and setting an example that way. Um, I think that's, that's just uh, an amazing story and an amazing journey. And, and that's what I want to see from her, that leadership quality. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited on court wise to see her uh chemistry with with Courtney Vandersloot. Um because yeah, yeah. If they're cooking on the pick and roll and they, they know where they know where they each other wants to be, um, I'm not quite sure how you stop this team because this is a team that you're gonna have a a pick and roll with Courtney Vandersloot and Candace Parker, two of the highest IQ players in the WNBA right now, with a kick out to Allie Quigley. Or uh-huh. a quick out to Diamond the Shields, or a kick out to Azari Stevens, and then you can run the same thing on the other side and say the same things about those players there. So you got you got so many options on this offense, but I think they all revolve around um, Candace Parker and Courtney Vandersloot, like you mentioned. Vandersloot's also a great leader, so we we have two of the best leaders in the WNBA, two of the best highest IQ players in the WNBA, two of the best passers in the WNBA playing together. I'm really just interested to see their chemistry early on. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, see them, see them showing signs of where they can be, because to me, this is a championship team. This is a team that I'm going to, I'm going to bet on this team to win the championship. So, um, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a spec. It's, it should look special early on for the mystic side of things. I mean, I'm not sure how much we're going to be able to deduce from this game just because my shines Allen and EDD aren't there. Um, I'm interested to see how Natasha Cloud comes back. I fully expect her to be the player that she was. Uh, she needs to be a little bit more, though. I'm excited to see her kind of take the reins. Because one of the things yeah. that was storylines coming into last year before COVID hit was, can Natasha make up for the loss of Christy Tolliver? Can she kind of be <laughs> more focal point of this offense than she has been in the past? Well, in this game, at least she's going to be the main focal point along with Tina Charles. Um, so those yeah. two running a pick and roll. I'm excited to see where Charles is on the floor generally because I, I think that's going to change throughout the year. So I want to see where she's taking her shots from. But those two are the the two most interesting players for the Mystics, at least. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, just the other day on the last call uh, post-practice, Coach Tebow said that the, the team sat down and they had a, a conversation about, you know, the truth being told to them. And And, and when I say that, you know, you have to be as a, as a teammate, as a player, you have to be a constructive criticism taker. Mm -hmm. Like you have to understand. And that's what Leilani Mitchell was on that call as well. And she kind of explained it that way is that, you know, the things that are being said to you are for your benefit, you know, not for your detriment and it's to help develop you. So I think, you know, they had a, um, put all the chips on the table conversation 
and everyone was able to voice their um, their concerns, opinions, and and what needed to be done for the team. And you know, Coach Tebow led the way in that in that regard. So I just think when you are that transparent, and if you know Mike Tebow, you know that he's very transparent and and cuts to the chase. Like this is what it is. Like it's bare bones. Like this is what we need to address. This is how we're going to fix it. This is what we need from you guys. And I think if you're a competitive person, you thrive in that kind of environment. Like I, I don't want to be out there wondering what you want from me. I, I want to know, and I'm going to try my best to, to get to that point. So you don't have to remind me. And I think that that's always a healthy culture and, and a great environment to be in as, as an athlete at any level. But I think the fact that Mike Tebow is the winningest coach in the WNBA, I mean, that's, that's the reason why. You know, and Tina Charles knows that because she played for him when she was in Connecticut and won the MVP back in 2012. So, yes, I'm intrigued, too, to see what Tina Charles is going to look like on the floor. Um, she looked great in the first two games, um, statistically. Um, she has that, that turnaround jumper going, and she's extended her range out to three. She had a couple threes in that Minnesota game as well. So I, I think it's going to be really, um, really awesome to see what this, this team cooks up to be. And, and what the, the finished product looks like when they set their roster and get into these games. And I think that Chicago game is going to test them in terms of pace of play. I think defensive transition um, in the Atlanta game was, uh, was a concern for Mike Tebow after that one. So I think the way that Chicago pushes pace is going to be something that, that Washington is going to have to deal with. But Washington with Cloud back on the floor Pace is also something that Washington likes to do when she's out there as well. So I think they're going to test Chicago in that same way. I agree. Uh, I think it'll be it'll be fun. That's going to be a really fun game. Uh, other really fun games going to be Aces Storm. We talked a lot about the Aces already. Uh, the Storm, though, uh, I think they have most most people in camp. Uh, it's it's hard to tell. I know Makia Herbert Harrigan is dealing with visa issues coming back to the states. Um, right, but. Seems like it's going to be mostly a full team and Storm figure to be one of the most fascinating teams, defending champs, but with a lot of change. No more Alicia Clark, no more Natasha Howard. They're gearing up for a future um, that may not include Sue Bird when she retires. So they're they're looking they're looking ahead. Um, so I think Jordan Canada is going to be a key player, not just right. in this game but in this season. She has to show that she's ready to take over the the reins. Um, from Sue Bird for whenever she retires, whether it's this year, next year, whatever, mm-hmm. she she needs to show it this year because she's been she's been good, but they need great they need great from their point guard because yeah. this team has the best player in the world, another superstar in Jewel Lloyd and Brianna yeah. Stewart being the best player in the world. Um, so you know we know what those two are going to give you. We pretty much know what Sue Bird's going to give you. The real question is how good is Jordan Canada? How good is Katie Lou Samuelson, and how good is Ezie Magbagor and Mercedes Russell? Because that's a that's a future core of this team, along with Lloyd and Stewart. So that those are the things I'm watching for in this game, along with all of the things we mentioned with the Aces. Um, right. To me, this is the game of the weekend, in my opinion, just because we have teams that are seemingly full, uh, seemingly have most of their roster, and we have the best player in the world versus another one of those best players in the world, right? We have the MVP debate from last year with Stewart and Wilson going up against each other. And then you add in yeah. Kim Beige, you add in you know, Sue Bird, you add in Jewel Lloyd. This is going to be a really, really fun matchup. 
Yeah, I love that. And I love that, that Kelsey Plum is going to be on the floor and she's healthy and ready to go. I, I just think that's going to be also uh, a little um, piece of excitement as well. And, mm-hmm. and they're going to battle. And, and I can't wait for all these games. It's going to be so much fun to just sit back and watch them all and, and just, you know, cheer the game on, you know, and, and, you know, one team over another, that's, that's part of it. If you're a fan, I get it, but make sure that when you're watching these games, you're cheering on women's basketball mm-hmm. first and foremost. And then, you know, obviously you have your, your allegiance to your, to your fans and, and your, your hometown team. And I get that, but don't lose sight of what this means what the WNBA stands for and, and what these women are playing for. Their why is definitely to win, but it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. So that's what's so exciting for me as well. You know, just to, to look at it in the eyes of a, a 10 or 11-year-old young girl who has aspirations to play. That's how I'm going to be looking at it. And with wide-eyed exuberance, uh, joy and passion and intrigue and excitement. That's how we should watch these games. That's how we should look at what these women are out there doing and, and then cheer for your own team. But let's, let's make sure that our initial approach to viewing these great games all over the place this weekend is what this league stands for and the real why to who these women are and why they're doing what they're doing and the representation that that comes along with it. I think we should end on that. <laughs> I think so too. That was a great. That was a great. Uh, I think you're completely right, and that will be why I'm watching games this weekend. Um, you can watch with me at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. You can follow us on Twitter at Her Hoop Stats. Um, we'll be doing live streams. I'm not entirely sure what we're doing, um, which we should get that stuff together because the season starts in two days. But. Uh, right. You, you will be tweeting. We'll be having fun. Uh, and obviously you can catch Christy on Twitter as well. Not only on the broadcast, but on her accounts, which are. Yes. On Twitter at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, W Scott, 51, Uhey, 51. Um, and, and the Uhey 51 at the end is not on the Twitter handle. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> on Instagram, it's at Christy W Scott 51 as well. And the Twitter, um, Feed for the Connecticut Atlanta game will be on the WNBA's Twitter, and we look forward to seeing everyone there. I can't wait to to interact with everyone, and it's going to be a fun night. It will be. It will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's get the well, season started. Oh my god. Exactly, and it's the month of May. It's Mental Health Awareness Month, and Brittany Griner, I know, um, left out of the bubble last year because she was struggling with some, some mental health things. And Sandy Brandello said that she's in a great space. So that's also good to know. I wanted to add that in um, before we, we got off of here, gave another fantastic conversation. The season is right there staring us in the face and I love it. I can't wait to chat about how this weekend unfolds on our next episode of courtside with Christian Gabe on the her hoop stats podcast network. Thank you for joining us today, and we will catch up with you courtside next time. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. 
Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all state to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. All state fire and casualty insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.